0: Welcome to Redeemer's Church Weekly Message Podcast, where our mission is simple. We're a church that is passionate about loving God and loving people. And now, we hope you enjoy this week's message by Pastor Dwight Bennett. How many of you realize that when we don't operate our life under truth, there are consequences? Amen? Does anybody agree or am I preaching to me? Dwight? When you don't operate in truth, there are consequences. Somewhere along the line over the past several years, people have lost the concept of truth and the consequence to the moral fabric of our nation and the church are being challenged like never before. It seems that common sense has left the building and many are more concerned with what works best for me no matter how it affects anyone else. Today I want to talk about truth, and this is what Jesus said in John 8, 32. It says, you shall know the truth, and what? The truth will make you what? Free. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So if the truth makes you free, what do lies do? Well, lies put you in bondage. You know, when you get through that period of, of time when you tell a lie and then you got to tell another lie to cover the lie and then you forget how many lies that you've covered in the process of covering the initial lie that if you would have just told the truth in the first place, the whole issue would have, went, would have been nothing. You know what I mean? And, and so there's consequences to truth and there's consequences to lying. So what is truth? Well, Jesus went on to say in John seventeen seventeen it said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. When you live by the word of God, the consequence is freedom. We're going to take a look at several things that are challenging the truth and hopefully see the importance of not allowing anyone to silence it. We cannot allow the truth to be silenced. Now, I'm just going to tell you right up front today that today's message is not going to win me any popularity contests. I'm just going to be up front with you. This is not a message about being anti-anything. Actually, it's a message about being pro-God. Not a message about being anti-anything. Because when you preach a message about truth, it always gets turned around and it comes back on you as if, You are anti this, or anti that, or anti the other. And the reality is, is I'm not anti anything. I'm pro-God. Now, I'm also not ashamed of the Gospel of God, and because that's what it says in Romans 1.16. And God is the God who inspired all truth. And I'm not afraid to speak the truth in love, as it says in Ephesians 4.15. The Bible says that we are the light of the world, and we're not to put that light under a bushel basket. So today, as I said, I want to address some of the things today concerning several issues in society that clearly demonstrate that Satan is on the move. And you know, I have mentioned this to so many people, That over the last 15 years, I am super happy about something. I'm happy that he has came out of the closet. I'm happy that the enemy is playing his hand right now. Why the enemy chose this particular moment to begin to just unleash his assault of degradation and lies on our society, I'm not exactly sure what perpetrated that. I'm assuming that it started somewhere in the late 60s and early 70s when we uh, started to experience what was uh, called the tolerance movement where we were groomed and told and, and taught that we should tolerate all of the things that are not the things that God would have us to do or say or be about. But over those 40 plus years since that tolerance movement started, it was grooming us to be able to be at the moment we are today, that we would have to receive and accept anything without having a counterpoint to be displayed. Not having the right to say what God would have to say. Not having the right to do the things that God would have us to do. And that's where we are. Like it or not, that's the position or place that we are at. And I said to you that God has called us to be the light of the world. He has called us to love the unlovable. He has told us to touch the untouchable. He has told us to be the love that the world needs to see so that they can find Jesus Christ for themselves. Listen. I've said this many times that if everyone in the world got saved, we would have a lot less issues, right? Well, the truth is, is that everyone is not saved. And there's another truth that there's a group of people that want to do everything to make it impossible for anyone to get saved. Well, we cannot shrink back to perdition, as the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10. We've got to allow our voice to be heard. And it's not to say that we need to be obnoxious or overbearing. Quite the opposite. We need to have more love today than we've ever had at any time of the existence of the church. And so as we talk about some of these things uh, that are counter opposite to, clearly to what God says and what his, how his people were created to live, I I think one of the reasons why we're in this place is because uh, we are experiencing the passing of a good friend. Now, some of you might not have even realized the passing of this friend, so I thought I would take the time to read the obituary of the friend, and then maybe you'll see. Today, we mourn the passing of a beloved old friend, common sense who has been with us for many years. No one knows for sure how old he was since his birth records were long ago lost in the bureaucratic red tape. He will be remembered as having cultivated such valuable lessons as know when to come out of the rain, why the early bird gets the worm. Life isn't always fair and maybe it was my fault. Common sense lived by simple, sound financial policies. Don't spend more than you can earn. And reliable strategies. Adults, not children, are in charge. His health began to deteriorate rapidly when well-intentioned but overbearing regulations were set into place. Reports of a six-year-old boy charged with sexual harassment for kissing a classmate. Teens suspended from school for using mouthwash after lunch and a teacher fired for reprimanding an unruly student only worsened his condition. Common sense lost ground when parents attacked teachers for doing the job they themselves had failed to do in disciplining their unruly children. It declined even further. When schools were required to get parental consent administer suntan lotion or give an aspirin to a student, but could not inform parents when a student became pregnant and wanted an abortion. Common sense lost the will to live as the church became a business. Common sense finally gave up after a woman failed to realize that a steaming cup of coffee was hot. She spilled a little in her lap and was promptly awarded a huge settlement. Common sense was preceded in death by his parents' truth and trust, by his wife, discretion, by his daughter, responsibility, and his son, reason. He is survived by his three stepbrothers. I know my rights, I want it now, and someone else is to blame. Not many attended his funeral because so few realized he was gone. And so this is the end of the obituary, on common Sense. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this day. It's the day you have made. We thank you, Father, for the truth of your word, because it stands the test of time. Father, we thank you, God, for all of your creation. We thank you, Father, for each and every person. We thank you, God, that it's your heart, your word says that none should perish, but that all should come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you that we can stand and proclaim your goodness as kids of your kingdom. And so, Father, today, as we talk about the truth, we just pray, God, that this message today would do what the truth does, that this message would bring freedom, that this message would bring common sense, that this message would bring us to a place to know that we've got a lot of work to do, and Father, that we're willing to do it. And so God, in your good graces, I just pray that as I deliver this word today, Lord, that ears would be opened and eyes could see the reality of who you are. And Father, we give you praise today in Jesus' name, amen. So when we get to this place, we say, what is truth? And so, I think the place we need to go to find out what truth is, is directly to the word. Turn with me, if you would, to John 14, 6. John 14, 6. This is uh, Jesus explaining uh, to his disciples the idea of who he is. And in John 14, 6, this is what Jesus says. He says, I am the way, number one, the truth, number two, and the life, and no one comes unto the Father, except through me. Let's look at the three words that designate who he is, and let's look at their, their Greek meaning so that we can dig a little deeper into the idea of who Jesus is and what he's saying. When Jesus says that he is the way, the word there designates, designates a road for a journey. It designates a pathway for that journey, and that when people walk on this pathway, Of who Jesus says he is, what does he say ultimately happens? They come to know the Father. Jesus said, when I came, I came that I would illuminate the Father in heaven. And so he is the way. When he says he's the way, it means that he is saying that I am the way to walk your journey. The second thing he says is this. He says, I'm the truth. Mm, Truth has a lot of ways that it can be perceived. Truth from your vantage point, your vantage point, your vantage point, somebody else's vantage point, everybody has a different vantage point on truth. But the good news is, as Jesus said, I am the way and I am the truth. The word truth there, that's used multiple times throughout the New Testament, And in the times that I'm speaking of the truth and the scriptures about truth, truth is given from this perspective. Jesus says, I am the truth, which means I am the reality. Everything that you see me do, that is the reality of of all situations. That is the reality of who God the Father is. That is the reality of how we need to walk, what we need to hear, what we need to say. The word there also means that I am the opposite of illusion. Interesting. The opposite of illusion. And it goes on to say that uh, he is opposite and opposed to what is feigned, fictitious, and what is false. So if you want to know what truth is in all situations, i got great news for you. It's right here between the pages of this book. And anyone who perpetrates any other issue or ideology outside of what God says, that is what Jesus is the opposite of. Anything that's spoken as truth that's outside the pages of this book is fictitious. It's feigned and it's false. And so you have to choose which truth are you going to live your life out of. Are you going to live your life out of the truth of these pages, or are you going to live your life out of the truth that is being propagated through uh, all the news agencies that are being talked about, all the movements that are being generated across the earth? Where will you rest on your truth? And it's interesting, as we read earlier, that when Jesus uh, talked about truth, He talked about truth and He talked about freedom. Isn't it interesting that anything that Jesus uh, was talking about that is outside of that truth, if truth brings freedom, then anything outside of that truth brings what? Bondage, because the opposite of freedom is bondage. And when we live our lives outside of the truth of the word, Whatever area that is, we are bondage to the opposite ideology of what God has to say, and so truth is powerful. I am the way, I'm the road to your journey, and on the way to this journey, I will be with you. The Bible says He'll never leave or forsake us, but that He'll all—that's truth. And when you're walking into a place where you feel like nobody is there with you, if Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, the truth is he will always be with you. He will always walk with you. So the third word that he designates himself as, he says, I am the life. Now listen to this. That word there means both of the physical present and of the spiritual future. Wow. Jesus said so much in that passage that we hear so many times, but yet when you tear it down, he says, I am the way that you, of your journey. When you walk the pathway with me, you will see truth. You'll see the reality of what life is intended to be lived like. And in that life, you will have it both here physically and you will have it for eternity spiritually. What an amazing statement that Jesus makes there. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Turn with me, if you would, to John uh, chapter 17 now. And so this is Jesus is praying to the Father. He's getting ready to face his hour. And uh, in this, I think I'm going to start... In verse 11, Michaela, can you make that happen for me? Start it in verse 11, John seventeen eleven. It says in John seventeen 11, y'all, you there? If you're there, let me know. Okay, now I'm no longer in the world, but these are in the world. I, and I come to you, Holy Father, keep through your name those who you have given me that they may be one as we are one. Jesus is talking about unity. Isn't this interesting? Jesus is saying, I'm drawing all of these people to you, Father. But I know the relevant importance of them being one as we are one. Why is that critical? Because Jesus said he only did what he saw the Father do. So when Jesus was with the Father and then he came to earth, Everything he said and did was only what he saw from the Father. He lived out all of his days on the earth per the truth of who he saw the Father to be. Okay? So, uh, and, and so he says, keep them as one as we are one. Why? Because the Bible says this about that. It says God commands a blessing in unity. There's not only power in unity, but there is Freedom in unity. So when we do like Jesus did, we we say, Jesus, you are the way. We recognize that. You are the truth I want to live my life in. And I am so thankful that in life, that I'm going to journey with you while I'm alive, and even after I'm dead, that spiritually I will live with you forever. What an amazing truth. And it's it becomes even more powerful when you tie your faith into it to believe what the word of God actually says. Let them be one as we are one. One in what? Everything. While I was with them in the world, verse 12, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them, what? Your word. That's what he has given to us. That's what he gave to those who followed him. He gave them God's word. And the world has, what? Hated them. Mm. Why would the world hate The words of God, the Logos words. Why would anyone hate the words that are written on these pages? Logos is, is, these are the ideas of God. They are written and transcribed for us in this writing. Rhema is the words that God speaks to us personally each day. Those are like prophetic words. Those are words of wisdom, words of knowledge. But Jesus is talking about this word. He said he gave them his word. And it says, uh, as I speak in the world that they might have, and I've given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. Hear people say that a lot. Man, I wish when we got saved that Jesus would just remove us from this nightmare. No, no. He came in the midst of the nightmare, and he wants us to live through that as well. But when you walk in freedom, it's not a nightmare. It's, a, it's, it's an opportunity. When you walk in the truth, you, you get guided by the Lord to do incredible things, and it's amazing adventure. When you walk in the way on your journey and allow God to lead you in those places, yes, you you, you experience all the things in the world, but you are not of the world because you have a greater destination. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, that should make you happy. That should really make you happy. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them, what, from the evil one. mm You should keep them from the evil one. I don't want to get ahead of myself. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Now, listen to verse 17. This is Jesus's request. Sanctify them by your truth. Okay, the word sanctify means to be set apart. Is that not right, Gary? Am I I making that up? The word sanctify means to be set apart. So this is what... Jesus is saying to the Father about those whom have came to him as the way, and he's saying, Father, set them apart and keep them in your truth. Keep them in your truth. And then it says this, sanctify them by your truth. What is the truth? Your word is true. This, This is true. Right here, this is truth. And when you walk outside of this or deny part of this, then it's like being in the rain without an umbrella. You could be in a torrential rain with a nice big golf umbrella and it can just drip on every side of you, but you can remain dry. That's what the truth is. It is that covering that when you walk underneath of that covering, no matter how bad it is storming, you will remain safe in that place that God has brought you to. Sanctify them by your word, set them apart by your truth, and your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. Jesus has said to us in an earlier text in Matthew that we are the light of the world. Don't let your lamp sit under a bushel basket Undo it so that the whole world can see. But we live in challenging days. That when you come out and walk the truth and talk the truth, you look very, very, very odd in these days. Why? Because 45 years ago, a tolerance movement was started. And now today, we're living in the place where we have to accept everything that is not true, and then nobody has to tolerate us in what we have to say. Isn't that crazy how that whole thing turned itself upside down right on top of us? But the reality is, is that's okay. Because Jesus is with us when we walk on this way. C.S. Lewis said it like this. He said, when the whole world is running towards a cliff, those who are running in the opposite direction have appeared to lost their mind. When everyone is running toward the cliff and the few of you are pushing your way through that crowd, they're looking at you, of how, why are you going against the grain? Why are you walking against the tide? And the reality is, is as believers, It's because we are walking in the light of the Word of God. When we walk in the light of the truth, we walk by freedom. Now, it's interesting that when we walk in that freedom and secure ourselves with what Jesus said, Father, let them be one as we are one, when we're connected in that way, then every promise of this Word Is yes and amen and it is for each one of us. Don't let anyone discourage you to the place to where you feel that you're helpless or hopeless because you're not. Because as children of God we walk in the light of who he is. Now one of the things that I want to do first is is I want to talk about truth. I want to talk about truth from the biblical perspective. Why? Well, because when Tammy and I first got married and she got a, a job at Ohio National Bank, was that the name of it at that time? Ohio National Bank. And so for four days, she got put through this rigorous training. And uh, on day two, I think, of the training, they started to show the new tellers what, uh, uh, what new bills, what, what regular, the right kind of bill looked like. And I said, well, sweetheart, I was more interested in hearing about all the counterfeits that came across their desk, and I'm sure they they brought them out to you to show you what counterfeit bills look like. And she said, no, that's not the way they operated. They operated by saying, if you know what the original is supposed to look like, you will be able to see a counterfeit more easily. Oh, and I thought to myself, that is a God statement. That is a God statement. Because when you know what the truth is, when somebody else speaks of something outside of what this is, you will know that's a counterfeit. Because this is what we've chose to live by. And it is so good. So amazing. And so... Let's just talk about six truths that we find in God's word. And these will always stand against the time. These will never grow old. Well, God's just an old God. If he was writing this book today, he would have wrote it differently because he would have saw how we are. No, he would not have done that. This is what he wrote. And he meant this uh, to be activated until Jesus returns. OK, this is what. This is what he says. And I just read this in John 7:17, 7, 17, 17, 17. Write these down. They're not going to be on the screen. The first is this. God's word is truth and the standard for all that is right and wrong. John 17, 17. That's the first truth. The second truth is God designed us male and female. Genesis 1, 27. Genesis 1, 27. And for those of you who needs scientific proof. There's one group of people that have two X chromosomes and one group of people that have an XY chromosome. It will never change. I don't care if you are a man and you say you're a woman, you are not a woman, you don't have the chromosomes. It's just, it's, it's, not, it's not a big deal, it's just a reality. And, and so this is what Jesus said, and, and science proves it. So, you know, it's pretty easy. Genesis 127. Now, God designed all races with equal value and worth. And that's in Acts 10, 34, and 35. He talked about him coming to all people of all nations. God, it goes on to say in James that he is no respecter of persons. It doesn't matter for all y'all who want to Kenya, Kenya, or Nigeria, 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 or Guatemala, or El Salvador, or whatever, or USA, USA, USA. God loves us all the same. Black, white, Hispanic, all people of all races. He loves us exactly. Doesn't that make you feel good? Doesn't that make you feel like no matter what anybody told you, you're not left out? God designed all races with equal value and worth, Acts 10, 34 and 35. The fourth thing, God designed sex to be within the confines of a marriage, between a man and a woman, Genesis 128. Number five, God designed each person with a beauty and purpose, we are all fearfully and wonderfully made, Psalms 139, verse 14. And then the sixth one is this, God loves everyone. He died for everyone in order for all who call on his name to be saved. And that's in Romans 10, 9 and 10. Romans 10, 9 and 10. These are six foundational truths that can assure us as we walk in the light that we can just relax and allow those things to lead us into who we are and what God has called us to be. Now, I talked about the idea of tolerance, and I want to just define what the dictionary word of uh, of tolerance is. It says the ability or willingness to tolerate something, in particular, the existence of opinions or behaviors that one does not necessarily agree with. It is o for you to disagree according to what the Bible has to say about the realities of who we are, how we walk, and the things that we were designed to do. Okay, now, we talked about truth and freedom. Now, I want to talk from the other perspective. Since we know what the truth is, we should easily be able to recognize the counterfeit. Now, I want you to think of John 10.10. Okay, what did Jesus say in John 10.10? He said that he came to give us life and what? Life abundantly. He came to give us life and not a little bit of life, but a lot of life. We see I am the way, the truth, and the life. So he meant he came to give us life while we're here on earth and he came to give us life beyond our days here on the earth. So he said he came to give us life and life abundantly. Proverbs 14, 12 says this, there is a way that seems right to a man. It doesn't say there's a way that seems right to a believer or to, you know, uh, a non-believer. It says there is a way that seems right to a man. And every day of our life, man, right and wrong is in front of us. And Proverbs 14, 12 goes on to say, There's a way that seems right to a man, but in its end it leads to death. In other words, when we follow the flesh, when we follow our own mindsets, when we follow our own ideologies outside of the word of God, it leads to death. Why is that? And why does it use the word death? It leads to death because death is final. And when we walk outside of the precepts of God, the opposite of life and life abundantly and freedom is just as you would say, it would be death with no hope. So this is what the word says. Now, I just want to point out a few things that lack common sense to me. Now some of you might totally disagree with me, and that's okay, I'm a big boy, I can take that. I already told you, if this was a popularity contest, you would not elect me today, okay, and that's all right. Because the pulpit was never designed to be a popularity contest, it was designed to be a place where truth was displayed for all people to see. When Target is selling bathing suits that are tuck friendly, Women's bathing suits that are tuck-friendly. Ladies, do you really need a bathing suit that's tuck-friendly? I mean, can we talk? We're all adults here, right? Some kids are here. If you want your kids to not hear these realities, I, I, I encourage you to remove them. It's not gonna get graphic. It's not gonna get uh, untactful. But some of these things are realities. Tuck friendly bathing suits for women. I, I, never, I, never, I never heard Tammy get on Amazon and say, sweetheart, I can't find a bathing suit, especially one that's tuck friendly. Not one time has Tammy ever mentioned the, needing the tuck friendly women's bathing suit bottom. Now, here's what's interesting also. In Pride Month, Target, they and, and this is not a slam on Target. This is just a reality. I'm just talking truth, okay? This is not going to be a slam on anyone who I'm talking to. It's just a a reality. They partnered with a clothing line called Afrolon, and the person that is the head of this company, his name is Eric Carnell. And Eric Carnell is a transsexual, self-identified Satanist. This is the person who leads the company that they're buying clothes from to sell to the public. Wouldn't you think, wouldn't common sense tell you that this probably isn't a good business idea? I mean, wouldn't you think, Jim, that if you were on the board, you would say this probably isn't the greatest idea? Well, nobody said that. And this is what this Eric Carnell wrote on an Instagram post, uh, uh, on the company's Instagram page. He said, being called a demon is something I can cope with. And the idea of being a trans demon is pretty blank cool. Most of my work focuses on on clothing, making it as dark and satanic as possible uh, uh, for the imagery to be juxtaposed with bright colors and LGBT-positive images. He wants to create the dark, demonic stuff, but in order to facilitate the LBGT group, that he makes them bright and colorful. He has no qualms about stepping out about who he is. When this information got out and when Target lost uh, an estimated 12.5 billion dollars, they removed his stuff from the front of the store and put it into the back of the store, and he goes on to say how frustrated and angry he was with Target for doing that to him. Now, you would say, probably, because if you had any business sense, you would say, what company would knowingly want to risk a venture like this and lose this kind of money? Well, I don't have time to go into all of this, but if you look who are the major stockholders for Targets, they are the most twisted and demented groups that you will ever, ever realize. One of them uh, is is a group that has holdings of over nine trillion dollars. And so you say, why would a company do this? It's because they are supported by people with mega money and they will make sure this company is fine because getting out the social message is more important than profits. And they will back them up through this venture. Now, you would say, Pastor, that's ludicrous. How could somebody embrace their cause like that? It's not ludicrous, and Christians do the same thing. You say, wow, Pastor, Christians make Tuck-friendly bathing suits? No, that's not the ideology of sacrificing something for the better of the whole. When Tammy and I started having our children, Tammy had told me since we were sophomores in high school that when we have our kids, she wants to stay home and raise them. She wanted to be the one that raised them. And so what did we do? We sacrificed great financial gain for the long-term prospect of knowing that if Tammy stayed home with the girls, that they would get to see the precepts of who God was every day, and we sacrificed our income accordingly. And so, you see, everything the enemy does, he tries to do what, what, the, what, the, what, the, what the church does, and, but yet he distorts and perverts it. Okay? So, this is what they did, and they knew that it was more important to get a good score on this business rating now that talks about how inclusive your store is or your, your business is as opposed to losing $12 billion. Can you imagine North Face having a guy with a mustache in a, in a massively flamboyant dress, a drag uh, queen, Emerging and encouraging people in a commercial to enjoy the outdoors. And this is what he says. He gives his name and he says, We're encouraging you to come out. And then he pauses. Come out. This is North Face. And then after he says, Come out into nature. That's his next words. We encourage you to come out into nature where there will be hiking community art, lesbians, and lesbians making art. That's what this commercial says. This is what North Face is putting out on TV, okay? You can't make this stuff up. And to me, it just perpetrates, no wonder common sense is dead. When Disney puts a guy in a dress with a mustache, in front of welcoming little girls into the enchanted chamber? There is no common sense in that. When Coles sells onesies and other children's clothing to protect the alphabet community, then that's, mad. that's crazy, that's ludicrous. Who would have ever thought in our lifetime that we would see such an assault on Christianity? When approved reading material from the school system is being read, and this is multiple school board meetings this happened at, when approved reading material from school systems is being read at a school board meeting and the board asks them to stop reading it because it's inappropriate, but somehow it's okay to be in the middle school library? Where is common sense in that? There were several books that came home from the high school. When I looked them over, I told them, you're going to have to give our kids an alternate assignment in reading. One one book that they were asking Allison to read was so dark and so demonic that I could not even imagine why you would want to fill a high school student with that kind of garbage when there are so many amazing literary works. Who's behind that? And why would they be behind that? That's insane. That's insane. When biological men and boys are allowed to compete in women's sports, (sighs) that's something that's totally unacceptable. And we're supposed to tolerate that as normal? Women, June was the 50th anniversary of the Title IX decision that brought the idea that women's sports had to be treated exactly like men's sports. And now, 50 years of its anniversary, we see trans men competing in women's sports. We saw one swimmer just wipe away all of the the women's records and win all of the swimming events. And all of these girls that had spent all the time training They were coming in second and third and got zero recognition because the man swimming in a female event was the winner. That's insanity. That's insanity. And you know what even makes it worse? Is now that same man goes into the same locker room and drops his his swimsuit and becomes... Uh, exposing himself in front of the women. And that's accepted. That's insanity. That's absolute insanity. And I guarantee you, as a father, (laughs) oh, that would not have happened under my watch. Mm -mm, No way, no how. Now we have women who are uh, very famous in the sports world who are defending the trans group coming in to compete against other women. Now, these are women at the end of their career and will never have to compete against these men, but they are opening up all of these things for the girls who will have to do them. It's just insanity. When NCAA swimmer Riley Gaines is literally assaulted at San Francisco State University because she was just going to Give her side of this issue, and she had to have security guards lead her out to protect her safety. Where is the tolerance in that whole situation? Where is her First Amendment rights? Wow, I, I don't know. That's crazy. Now, let's. Uh, uh, you guys okay? You all okay? You're, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna be okay. Okay, just, just relax a minute. And you wonder why the truth is more important now than at any point in time. This is strategic by the enemy. This is the the strategy of the enemy, and the enemy's waiting to see what kind of pushback that we're going to, to give. Let's not leave the church out. Churches are flying rainbow flags, and one church in Virginia on the first Sunday, the first Sunday, of this past June, they had on their signboard at 12 o'clock, we're going to have Drag Queen Story Hour for all the elementary children in our church. Drag Queen Story Hour for elementary school kids. And the purpose of that is what? Did they run out of adults to read books to the children? and the only one they could find is a drag queen. I find that extremely hard to believe. Now, I'm going to bust out my beloved Dodgers, because they made a huge mistake, huge mistake. They invited, then uninvited, and then re-invited a group called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. What this group is, is a group of men who dress up as, as nuns and then they go around all different kind of places blaspheming the people of the Catholic Church and all the Christians that they're around. One of the things they like to do is have somebody hang on a cross as Jesus is, and then one of them dressed up in their nun suit stand behind them doing lewd sexual acts, pole dancing on the cross. And the Dodgers invited them on Pride Month, and they gave them a community award. That's insanity. That's absolute insanity. Now, Blake Trandum, one of the Dodgers, I want to give you a good report here. He said, I'm disappointed this is a pitcher on the Dodgers roster. And I'm going to tell you why this is, this is gutsy. I'm disappointed to see the Sisters of Perpetual Adulgence being honored as heroes at Dodger Stadium. Many of their performances are blasphemous, and their work only displays hate and mockery of the Catholics and the Christian faith. I understand playing baseball is a privilege and not a right. My conviction in Jesus Christ will always come first. And since I've been with the Dodgers, they've been at the forefront of supporting a wide variety of groups. However, inviting the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence to perform disenfranchises a large community and promotes hate of people of faith. His last paragraph goes on to say, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe the word of God is true. And in Galatians 6, 7, it says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. This group openly mocks Jesus Christ, the cornerstone of my faith. And I want to make it clear that I do not agree with nor support the decisions the Dodgers have made to honor the sisters of perpetual of indulgence. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, let me just, yes, thank God. Thank God somebody has the right to stand up because you know what? People are being crushed and destroyed for standing up for their faith. Just ask, uh, is my phone there, babe? Uh, just ask Adam Bass, I believe is his name. I'm gonna read you this article. Okay, this is a picture from the Toronto Blue Jays. Same time frame, same, same set of circumstances, but He's not Clayton Kershaw, and he's not Blake Trannan, two uh, all-star pitchers. So this guy is a a journeyman. He's on the Toronto Blue Jays roster up to the point where he reposted a video to his Instagram story in late May discussing the biblical reasons Christians should boycott Target and Bud Light. Geez, I haven't even got to Bud Light yet. And I'm not talking about Buzz Lightyear. I'm talking about Bud Light. Although I think one of the late Buzz Lightyear's came out twisted as well. Because Disney just drives that stuff down kids' throats. Drives that stuff down kids' throats. Why do drag queen, queens want to read to five, six, seven, eight. and 8-year-old kids? Because they want to capture their minds at that age to say, any large man with a mustache who dresses up like that and reads to us, his deal must be okay. That's not okay. That is not okay. And if anybody tries to drive that stuff down your kids' throats in your schools, you have the right to say, no, my kid's not going to that class that day. I'll read books to them myself. Okay, so Bass, he reposted this thing about just boycotting these. He was uh, set to catch the first ceremonial pitch before the Blue Jays games against the Twins on the Friday night that Pride night, uh, Month began. But it appears they've reversed course just hours before the game. Bass came under heavy criticism from fans, pressure, fans, you know, all these people that thought what he did was crazy, what, what we have the right to do was nuts, and he came under heavy criticism and was booed at the stadium shortly after the... the, He eventually gave an apology because the management came to him and said, Look, boy, you better apologize or you're out. And guess what happened? The next day, he was out. They cut him from their entire team because he simply posted something that he believed in. That's insanity. That's not good for anyone. In any of these situations, Mm. wow, wow, you guys are feeling so good Uh, today. I just made you feel super, didn't I? None of this should be a surprise to any of us, but the Bible says, When a nation removes God, the truth, and replaces it with a lie, Satan, there will be consequences there will be consequences, truth or uh, consequences. There's always a a, a consequence. Turn with me, if you would, to Romans chapter one, and we're gonna gonna read this, and I have great news for you that next week, my message is called, entitled Awakening the Woke, and we're gonna have a bunch of great biblical solutions for you to be able, and, I, and some of you are like, good God, get me out of here. This is not what I bargained for today. I wanted to hear one of pastors' wonderful, good messages. You are. You're getting a great message. You know how hard it is to put a message like this together to, pr- to bring to you? It's not easy. But we need to be one with, with God as Jesus was one. And, and he said, God, don't take them out of this. Don't take them out of the world, but bring them in there. Why? Because we've got to be the light. Now, before I read this next session, I, section, I want to also say this. We don't, I don't hate anybody. I am not mad at, 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 at people who uh, don't know Jesus. That is the furthest thing from the truth, and I have history to prove that. And so if you think that I'm just beating a drum here, and not loving people, then you don't know me at all. This isn't about beating a drum. This is about expressing the truth and exposing the lies. Sometimes this stuff happens so many times that we just become desensitized to it. It's like, oh, it's another thing, it's, a, it's another uh, doodah parade, it's, a, it's another pride parade, it's just, you know, we're not going to watch that. It was an, another uh, 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 trans at the White House, exposing breasts at the White House, all that stuff happens all the time. No, it doesn't. But it's happening more and more and more because nobody has the backbone to stop it. Only God is going to be able to stop it. So I'm not anti-anybody. Okay? As a matter of fact, I'm pro-God. I'm not anti-anybody. This is what God says in Romans chapter one. For I'm not or wait, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. It's not just that you suppress the truth, but you suppress it and you replace it with unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and the Godhead. So they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. That's what they made images out of to replace God. Therefore God also gave them up to their uncleanness and in the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever, amen. For this reason God gave them up to their vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in lust for one another, men with men, uh, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to their debased mind to do things which are not fitting. So you say, why hasn't God stepped in? He has. He's gave them over to their debased mind, their reprobate minds. Being filled with unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit evil mindedness and they are whisperers backbiters haters of God violent proud boasters inventors of evil things and disobedient to parents undiscerning untrustworthy unloving unforgiving and unmerciful did God miss anything in that list who knowing the righteous ju- who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Listen, I didn't make that up, or I didn't write that myself. I read that directly out of the Word of God. And we need to be concerned. But how do you show your concern? Carrying a, a banner, fighting against something, uh, you know that kind of thing. No, I don't think that's the way we show our concern. I think we ramp up our love to a whole nother level. I think that we we ramp up our love to the place to where we speak the truth. How do we speak the truth? When somebody is is, is a trans is is a man and then says he's a woman, don't call him that. Don't buy into the new name. Call the name that they are. When you call them she or the new name, you're confirming the lie. That's all you're doing. Call them who they are by their name. Speak life into them. Speak love to them. Don't let the life that frustrates you be what they see. Let the love of who Jesus is be what people see that don't agree with you. And then when that happens, you will see next week, when we love in the way that God has called us to love, not only will we live right, but some people's ideologies will be changed and transformed. Listen, this was not an anti-message. This was a message about reality of some things that are happening and how do we deal with that? And I'm going to just end this by saying what I just said. We face this whole situation of of, uh, delusion with love because only love is going to be able to break the back of where the enemy has brought people in our society. Would you stand with me today? Thank you, Father, for giving me the strength to be able to say some things today, Lord, that are not comfortable, and they're not going to win me any popularity contests. And I thank you, Father, that we have not defamed the pulpit today, that we have not said things that aren't true, but, Father, that we've brought to light some realities of things that are going on in our society. Father, we thank you that your son is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, I thank you that you have asked the Father to set us apart in truth, that this truth that we are set apart to is the word of God. And I thank you, God, that you have wrote things so clearly about so many issues that are being distorted in our society today. Father, help us to not be silenced. Help us to not, not say what needs to be said in love. Help us to not have broken hearts over the people that have walked away from you and who you are and the truth of who you are. Father, we thank you today that you have given us a clear mission. When you said it's your heart that none should perish, you've told us to go and make disciples of all men of all nations. And so, Father, I pray that this message would burn evangelistically into the hearts of our people, that we would awaken, that we would see the need to be the light, and then that we would love people with everything that's within us. So, Father, as we walk away from here today, Let us walk away as people of hope. Let us walk away as people on a mission. And let us walk away as people who are thankful for what we have received. And we would be willing to share that with others. And so, Father, today we give you praise in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Can we give the Lord a praise offering? Because He is good. He is worthy of all of our praise. Go in peace and have a tremendous week and let your light shine. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. We hope you were challenged, encouraged, and inspired as you listened to this teaching from God's Word. For more messages or information about our church, please go to www.redeemers.life.